0: Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of That Time Where Kevin's Voice Becomes So Melodious He Can't Stand It. It's Sad Times. My name is Kevin. I'm your host. Thank you for joining us. For those of you who have never listened to Sad Times, a very quick primer. Sad Times is a show in which each week we have a guest on who talks about times they were sad, upset, angry, struggles they've had in their life, things that still give them hang-ups in day-to-day life. The hope here is not to... Solve these problems, nor is it to diagnose it, nor is it to judge it. It's to allow that person to tell their story, so that you at home can hear those stories and and perhaps hear something that you relate to, and then maybe feel more um, keen to share some of your own uh, uh, troubles with with those around you. The hope being that we could be a bit more uh, empathetic. Uh, so that's sad times, and sad times is now a podcast that has a website. It's www.sadtimespodcast.com. If I said that too fast, just look in the show notes because there's a link there too. Thank you to our intern slash data guy, Wade. Wade built that website for us very quickly. Thank you, Wade. You're still not going to get paid. All right. Uh, before we get going with our, this week's guest, we only do have one Sponsor this week, unfortunately. Uh, this week, the sponsor is the specious argument that American football has more action than baseball. According to two separate Wall Street Journal studies, the average time of action in a football game is 11 minutes, and the average time of action in a baseball game is 18 minutes. That's right. You can listen to the full length of Inagata Vida by Iron Butterfly and still see a minute of baseball. Whereas the football game would end sometime in the middle of that far too long drum solo. That might be my favorite sponsor so far because it's right. All right, great. Uh, All right, let's get to our guest, a good and talented young man by the name of Joel. Joel, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing really well. How are you?
0: Uh, I'm doing great. I love citing Wall Street Journal studies of action in American sports games. That really is one of my favorite pastimes, other than the, the American from? pastime.
1: I didn't know you had Wall Street Journal as a sponsor.
0: Oh, testing. we don't. <laughs> uh, we don't. Although, they're welcome to sponsor us if they'd like to. That would be fine. Uh, I'll let them know. Okay. Been... Do you uh, Do you talk to them a lot? Daily. Daily? Yeah. All right. Wait, no, the Daily is a uh, New York Times podcast.
1: Oh, well, Uh-oh. just as good.
0: Just that, that, I would also be fine if the Daily were to sponsor us. That would be just, just fine. Where are you, where are you talking to us from, Joel?
1: I'm at Evanston, just, just outside of Chicago. I'm, G- we say we're from Chicago. We're about a block and a half north of Howard, which is the north border of Chicago.
0: I guess I forgot that you were that close to the border yeah yeah does the wind ever hit heavy on the borderline up there
1: no it's not right at howard right at the border
0: it's good it's good windy city doesn't come up to Evans. there's at least one person who i know will probably listen to this who will get that wind hits heavy on the borderline reference <laughs> and he's probably <laughs> laughing mom? right now i hope uh good. he's a mutual friend of ours joel oh yeah um so but you lived in chicago for a long time how how long did you live in chicago
1: well, I moved to Chicago right before 9-11 to go to school. I moved from small town. Uh, well, I was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which might as well be a small town, to Chicago, and then 9-11, uh, and I've been here ever since. Uh, did you go to college in Sioux Falls? Like I undergrad? Sioux Falls for two years. I was music major for a year. And really? I, I, uh, I didn't like other musicians, so I switched <laughs> to be a computer uh, computer science major for about a semester, and that was awful. Uh-huh. And switched to be an art major, which I loved. But I really wanted to do film and animation, and they didn't have any film classes there. So I looked around and applied to school. I applied to a school in Canada because I was I was dating. Uh, I had a Canadian girlfriend. Oh, and you had a not. Canadian girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but it, uh, I didn't. So does Wade? Uh, <laughs> Oh, fantastic. He, he swears. We're we'll talking about it later. It, that's your intern? Uh, oh, so uh, name, yeah. our data Chicago guy. Yeah. I went to the, the School of the Artist of Chicago for undergrad. I finished my undergrad there.
0: Okay. And it was to specifically do film and animation? Yeah. Okay, so first off, that's pretty badass. Um what what music what um when you study music, what instrument did you play?
1: I had I was on scholarship for country based clarinet.
0: How have I, You might have told me this at some point when we had had 17 to 28 beers. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, one thing about Joel, Joel is one of the greatest dancers you will ever see in your life. Uh, we oh, used yeah. to go to an old man country band, one of the, every week, Joel. Yeah. And Joel, what'd they call you? Rubber legs? Rub- uh, or rubber band. Oh, rubber band man. Rubber legs or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the, well, the, the, the story is the
1: first time they saw me, the first time they saw me, they told our mutual friend, what is this guy doing here? He needs to go back to Boys Town. And our friend said, oh, no, it's okay. He has a girlfriend. And they were like, oh, cool. He's rubber legs.
0: That's odd. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: but yeah, his part for this course for that, that bar, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, a dive bar uh, in the city of Chicago. Um, unfortunately, some people have strange and antiquated views. But that yeah. was in, what, 2007 when we started going there. That sounds about right. Uh, and we went every weekend for quite a long time, at least a year. Sometimes I think twice. I don't m- believe I missed a week, maybe one weekend. Yes. And sometimes twice. Uh, and um, so that might've been when you told me that you played that instrument that I have now just heard of uh, that you, you told me. So, and then you were on scholarship and then now you grew up in Iowa, right? Northwest Iowa. Yeah. Ooh, on a farm. Beautiful. It's beautiful there. <laughs> Are you being facetious? I am. Oh, good. Yeah.
1: Actually, where I grew up, there's lots of hills. It's very nice. It's the haliest part of Iowa, I think.
0: The there's actual like hills? Oh, yeah. Wow. That's, That's um. Nice. I didn't know Iowa had hills. Now, I've only really driven... I've been to, like, you know, Des Moines. Right. Uh, Davenport. Davenport's yeah. in Iowa, right? I love the Quad yeah, it's my Cities. my favorite uh, city name. Davenport? Why?
1: Yeah. Uh okay, because... Because you sit on it. I don't know. It's hilarious. Oh,
0: yes. My grandpa used to always call the couch a Davenport. Yeah. And and I was like, that's weird. Okay. And then uh, he would take a nap on it and snore. And then we'd be like, Grandpa, you were snoring. And he would say, no, I wasn't. And that was the end of that conversation. Yeah. And I've had that one too. Yeah. Have you? (laughs) Yeah. So you came to the big city. Now, had you been to Chicago before you came to come to school here? No, I did a tour of the school before I came, but that
1: was it. I'd never been. Maybe I'd gone through the airport here, but that was it. what
0: were your first impressions?
1: Uh big and scary I, you know I grew on a farm in Iowa i yeah. I didn't the my whole circle was like 12 people. my high school is my graduating class is 114 people
0: Oh mine was, was like, like 116 tiny. yeah that's very yeah. similar how what was your town's uh population
1: uh I think somewhere between six and seven you know what our, our high school mascot was though have we told you that?
0: You probably have, but I forget. What is It's
1: is the midgets. And the girls team is the midjets?
0: Are you serious? Is that still the case?
1: They voted to maybe change it a few years ago, uh, but the town voted against changing it. So it's still the midgets and the midgets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Wow. Iowa. Iowa,
0: Iowa, Iowa—the first in the nation caucus. Uh, Actually, let me ask you this: In growing up in Iowa, did you meet any presidential candidates?
1: All of them. All of them? (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, No, I didn't. I didn't even know that was going on. I we're not. Your family wasn't really like everyone in the states is like, why is this in Iowa? And then people who are in Iowa are like, it's in Iowa. (laughs)
0: Uh, Well, I do know that Iowa has 99 counties. I know that because of the Iowa caucus. Uh, okay, so Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You come to Chicago. Um, where did you, what neighborhood did you live in when you first moved here?
1: Well, I lived downtown. I lived in the Dorks. Oh, okay. For, the, for a year. And then I lived in the Gold Coast for a year. So oh. I had a very skewed view of Chicago for a long time. And then eventually I moved farther, farther, farther north and on the farthest north that I've lived. Yes. You spent- yeah, I lived downtown for a year and then Gold Coast, which is just north of downtown for a year very rich neighborhood there's a Barnes and Noble like in the
0: basement and yeah i uh, right there near clark and division there
1: yeah mm-hmm. right there there's a jewel there
0: oh i've been to that jewel
1: yeah me too thanks Many. for
0: tuning in to chicago landmarks that nobody cares about
1: all of your both of your listeners have left
2: now i
0: know yeah all denotes three or more thank you for correcting yourself because we know it's just two and one of them is currently producing the show hey. <laughs> Don't look at me that way, Brent. Okay. Uh, all right. So, lived in Chicago now. In the Chicago area, you've lived there about almost coming up on 22 years then.
1: Yeah. More like, yeah. Well, let's see, i moved in August of 2001. So, yeah.
0: Wow. Right. Crazy.
1: Right. So, I'm probably just about 22 years now. That's that's more than half of my life.
0: Yeah. How does that make you feel?
1: Uh not that strongly in any way. Okay, that's
0: that's a good, good honest answer.
1: Yeah,
2: it's a little so,
0: scary. Um, about six years ago, a little over six years ago, I did a one-man show. I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast. And there's a bit in the one-man show where there's a couple times where I said something like, raise your hand if, and then I said like a crazy type hypochondria thing. In most shows, not many people would raise their hand, but when you came to see the show, <laughs> I don't remember which part it was, but I said something and then your hand went up a little bit, stopped and then just, and then you just were like, I'm going for it. You put your hand up and I was like, yeah, that guy, even though I knew your name. Um, and I know that you and I over the years have talked about our shared uh, dealings with hypochondria. Um, did you have that much as a kid? Like, were you hypochondriac as a kid?
1: Not that I remember.
0: I don't know when I started feeling worried
1: about health. I have no idea. I don't know what triggered it.
0: Uh, would it? Well, I mean, once you got to the big city, were you dating a lot of people who were not from Canada?
1: Uh, Well, I was still dating a girl from Canada until I met other people. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, no, I struggled for... I mean, in school is different, right? You're around people. I mm-hmm. date and, one person in school i guess and then after school after graduation i didn't this was probably in 2004 or 5 somewhere in there and i I started doing internet dating which at the time wasn't like super weird because it had been around a little bit Mm -hmm. but it was i feel like today it's sort of accepted
0: right would you say oh i'd say that yeah now nowadays it is very much like well it's not like oh you go to a bar to meet someone although you Obviously, can do that. It's you go on, you get an app, and and do right. it that way.
1: So at the tournament was not like that.
0: Mm-hmm. So I
1: felt weird doing online dating because it just felt like it was a little creepy. But I did it a girl from Canada, so it wasn't super <laughs> weird. Do they have the internet in Canada? Uh, just just one internet,
0: just the one. Okay, got yeah. it, got it. Okay.
1: Uh, so I think you know, I I I had some luck with the internet dating. Um. And I wasn't uh, like promiscuous. But I I was a boy in my twenties. So right. there was there were things that happened.
0: Did you in the in that, you know, uh you're dating people, you're being intimate with them, did you have like fears of STDs?
1: Um I you know, initially I did not. And then uh there I had I had a I had a thing that happened. Which was that? Um, there was some pain down there. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Kevin, but boys have these sort of round balls that dangle down from your groin.
0: Um, we're gonna have Wade check on that. Wade, just that's a good idea. Know. Yeah, maybe
1: a little, uh, uh, a little Google search. But they were sort of painful and a little bit swollen. And kind of red at some point, and oh. I wanted to kind of ignore it, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. Sure. And so, uh, at some point, I went to Planned Parenthood to get tested, and of course, there they check you out there. Mm-hmm. And so I went in there and and I said, "What's going on?" I said, "I've got some pain down there, and they're kind of red and a little bit swollen feeling, and also my." My genitals have shrunk down because normally they're, it's much bigger, but right now it just happens to be smaller.
0: <laughs> as, they're, as they're examining? Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: I, said, I made sure they knew that. Oh,
0: that, that was very good of, course,
1: of you. Two like, young, uh, attractive nurses that are examining me and talking about all of, the, all of the times that things have happened sexually because that's what they ask you about. And they didn't know what was going on, but they, did, you know, they took my blood and they said, well, we'll find out in a few days. And I was able to get a dermatologist appointment the next day because I was freaking out. And I felt like there were, there were some bumps down there. And I didn't know what they were. And Wait, I thought, well, that hold has on. to be.
0: Bumps on your your, your scrotum? On,
1: my, on the little round things that are down there. Ah, it on out. the skin
0: yeah. or on the actual? On the skin, yeah. Okay.
1: Well, and I assumed that it was probably underneath and it was cancer is what I assumed. And so I got a dermatologist appointment the next day somehow. I don't know if somebody canceled or whatever. And I went to the dermatologist and it was Kind of the same thing where it's like all these um, attractive like uh, residents examining me. And my main dermatologist guy, who I liked at the time, he was asking questions like, well, did you change your soap? Did you change your shampoo? And the, the nice attractive uh, texts are like asking me what sorts of holes I'm putting my genitals in and who's putting <laughs> genitals in my holes and all of that. And they're like, I don't know what's going on. It looks uh upset down there uh-huh. but wait for your blood work okay and so that night i was going to a film screening at the music box so it was an arts already it was an animation is and the director was going to be there and i went with some mutual friends of ours mm-hmm. and i'm sitting there and it's hurting i feel mm. it down there i feel the tumor growing and i'm in pain and i can't stop thinking about it and so at some point i told my friends, I got I to go. And the director is like on the stage doing his talk. And I left the theater and I went to the emergency room and the hospital. I won't say the name of the hospital just because they might sponsor you at some point.
2: But,
0: <laughs> Here's hoping.
1: Let's just say our friend described this hospital as a hospital that you would not go to unless you were literally shot in the parking lot of that hospital. That's the only reason you would go there.
0: But I think the that's a... Needed. I've been in that hospital yeah. to... <laughs> Uh, that's a fair assessment.
1: Yeah. So I went in there in the emergency room and it was a nightmare. There's like, and it's, I don't know, 930 or 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And there's people screaming and, and like people with knives sticking out of their torso. Are you and serious? doctors running around. Like people had been stabbed like. were there? I uh, That's what it seemed like. We'll, okay. we'll go with, yes. Okay. And I'm freaking out because I'm feeling pain and I don't know what's going on.
0: Well, can I ask you something going back to when you were at the premiere? So you you the day before you gone to Planned Parenthood, the next day you got um, the dermatologist appointment that night was the premiere. So tell me, explain to me the process of your thoughts, not what you were thinking, right? you were probably worried, oh, this is cancer. Oh, I'm going to die. Like, did your thoughts accelerate with each visit to the doctor? And then when you're sitting there with your friends trying to support other artists, did it just overtake your thinking so much so that you just had to leave?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like if nobody can give you an answer, that's the worst. So I have like a total, I don't even want to go to the doctor anymore because every time I go, they have nothing to tell me. It's just, I, they're like, well, nothing is wrong. You're fine. Even though I feel like there's pain, there's discomfort, it's red, mm-hmm. there are bumps, it's cancer. And they say, I, we don't know what to tell you. Wait for your blood work. And so I went to the ER after, right, like I just couldn't, I couldn't, I was sitting there just like freaking out and the ER place, they did the same, like they juggled around down there and looked at it and said, oh yeah, it's a little like upset. They did a ultrasound, Uh which I didn't know that they could see like babies when they were that small. I mean, that's what the ultrasound is for, right? Just
0: that. Uh, Yeah, I'm sitting in
1: the ultrasound room. And the tech is, of course, like, yet again, this nice looking young woman. And she's like, it's, it's a good thing that you don't have a video version of this because I'm just
0: gesturing. Yeah, well, look, I have to see it.
1: And I'm rubbing the ultrasound thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm I, like, see the screen. And she's going, hmm, And looking around like, what? What is it? And she's like, well, I can't. I can't tell you. The doctor has to. Wait
0: a minute! Wait a minute! Did she actually say Uh, basically that? Like I'm having a reaction. You asked a question, and she said I can't tell you. Yeah. Tell me what your brain did at that moment.
1: I mean, I assumed the worst, of course. What else are you going to assume? Like, oh, it's fine. When
0: somebody
1: when somebody's examining your body and says, "Oh, we need to wait for the doctor," you don't go, "Oh, it's okay. There's nothing wrong." I would freak
0: out. Freak out.
1: Yeah. I was. Yeah. I'm like shaking and sweating. And I'm practically in tears and she's like rubbing this thing all way. I'm just taking it forever. It felt like it was a half an hour, like ultrasound examination. Plus
0: you were in pain down there, right?
1: Yeah. And, and it's not helping that it's gooey because she's got the like gel from the ultra and mm-hmm. she's like rubber gloves or moving around and shifting things around. And I'm like, what are those black dots on the screen? And she's like, I'm, I mean, I need to wait for the doctor.
0: So you saw and, black dots on the screen, yeah, like around sure. on your testicles. Yeah, well, I
1: don't know what I'm looking at. Okay, like, that's a screen fair. Screen with like weird stuff, and like I'm, I'm like, that's an alien baby or a tumor. Or I don't know what's happening.
0: Okay, so what happened? I when- They finish that. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, it's okay. They send me back to the waiting, or the R room, the closet or whatever, and um, and so I'm waiting, and finally the doctor comes in and he looks at it. Just like, "Well, yeah, uh, it looks like you might have a," uh, and I'm like, "What? What?" He said, oh, an air pocket in one of your testicles. And that might be causing the pain. And I was like, What?
0: An air pocket?
1: He's like, Yeah, there might be a little bit of air in one of your testicles that might be upset at mute. And I was like, What do you what do you do about that? Is there surgery? Could it be cancer air? And he says, <laughs> Well cancer my, air. My recommendation is that you wait for your test results for your 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 you know, your STD test results. And if you're still having pain tomorrow, then maybe go to a doctor again. Okay. But we can't, There's the air pocket isn't big enough that we need to really worry about it. So I think you should just go home. And I'm like, bad? what? It's not so helpful. So this is, that might be bad, but you're telling me just to go home?
0: This is So this is the third visit in like 36 hours. Yeah. And each one. Like, by
1: this point, it's like, I don't know, 11 in a night or midnight. Right.
0: Or and each one has referred back to the test that happened the first time. The first yeah. visit. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. Okay.
1: Uh, and the next day I went to the, this like tiny little health clinic, which is like, I don't know. You're, you're only supposed to go there if you don't have insurance, which I didn't. And I went in there and it's like this, like old, no nonsense Polish woman. Who's the doctor. Uh-huh. And I go in there the next day cause it still feels weird. And there's still bumps. And I told her the whole story. I'm like, I, you know, I got an STD test and I've got pain and it's like swelling a little bit. And there's these bumps and in which the doctor by the ER last night and she's looking around down there. No nonsense. And she says, have you been looking at the Internet? And I'm like, she means, have I been looking at porn?
0: So y- you you thought she was and asking was like, if you were watching porn. Yeah. OK. And,
1: I, and I'm like, well, I mean, I'm a. I'm a. Twenty whatever, six year old boy, like he, I guessed. And she's like, You need to stop doing that. And I'm like, Oh okay. I guess. I mean I didn't know it was that big of you. I thought that was normal. And she says, you know, these WebMD websites, they'll tell you like, uh, Oh, WebMD. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: the internet. That's what I've been doing. And she's like, There's nothing wrong with you.
0: Not even an air pocket.
1: He's like, "Wait, does she know about air cancer?" Like, wait for your STD test results, but there's not, I, there's nothing wrong with you.
0: Okay, so, um, you know, I, I have to stop and say for medical professionals out there, my sister is one, though she is not a doctor. Um, the the invent or the uh, the the coming of WebMD must have made their lives horrible.
1: Yeah, I talk to doctors about that a lot. I I asked really? them, said, so, "Do you hate it when people come in?" with, like, ideas about what that... And it's a mixed response. Some doctors will say, oh, it's the worst. And some doctors will say, actually, you know, if people have a little bit of information and they have an idea about what to look for, it's not a bad thing. So I guess it depends on the doctor.
0: I have to wonder, though, how many people come in and say, I read on WebMD that I have X, and the doctor's like, well, I'm a doctor, and I Uh, examined uh, you, and you don't have that, and the people come back, no, no, WebMD said I have this. I, I think at that point... And you know, I'm no doctor. Neither is my sister. But at that point, I would think, uh, "Can you just let me be the doctor for a second, please?" Yeah. So anyway, my test results came back, and I was fine. All right. So. Um, you 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 mentioned another
1: ER story that I forgot to tell you. Oh, let's hear it. So, uh, uh, in the middle of the of twenty. Well, this would have been I think January 2021. So, middle of the pandemic, the worst part of the pandemic, right after the holidays, mm-hmm. everybody's like, "It's the worst numbers I think that ever they had." Uh, I was feeling some extreme abdominal pain. Oh, and we were sitting there. I mean, the whole day I was feeling some discomfort, and I'm looking on the internet for at WebMD, not at I'm, porn, right? Not at porn. Okay, and I'm you know I'm assuming it's cancer. Because because uh, all the all of the answers are cancer, right? You follow the flow chart. Is this wrong? Is this wrong? <laughs> right. All arrows answers,
0: just lead to one box that says cancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So I'm feeling more, and I'm going like freaking out. And my my wife Katie is like, okay. Uh-huh. She knows that I freak out about stuff all of the time. And like the day is progressing, and I'm feeling more and more discomfort in my abdomen. And I'm like prodded, you know, poking in. and releasing really quickly to see is it appendicitis. Appendicitis. Yeah. And the the more time passed, the more I just thought this this is for sure one hundred percent cancer or maybe appendicitis. (laughs) And so we're sitting there at ten o'clock at night and I'm I'm like freaking out. I can't stop like poking at my belly. And Mm -hmm. finally Katie's like, why don't you go to the ER? If you're in that much pain.
0: Was it a pretty significant amount of pain?
1: It seemed like it, yes. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, it felt like, you know, a 10.
0: That's four, pretty significant or, um, pain.
1: Yeah. I yeah. mean, <laughs> four, <laughs> or a six. maybe Or a six. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Maybe an average
0: oh. of the two numbers, which is eight. Yeah. Probably. Bad. Check on that, Wade. Okay.
1: And so I'm like, I don't want to go to the ER. It's like the middle of a pandemic. That's ridiculous. I'm not going to the ER. Okay. I'll go to the ER. And so I got up and I drove and Katie's like, fine. She's like, assuming like either something is wrong and we'll deal with it or nothing is wrong. And so I go to the ER. I drive myself to the ER at the hospital in which is, I don't know. It's not like a huge hospital, but it's one step above, uh, above getting shot in the parking lot. And you go there. Right. You go there at the ER and it's a nightmare again. But only this time, instead of everybody with knives in their torso, it's everybody's coughing. Because everyone in there COVID. is COVID. Yeah. And the whole hallway is full of beds with people who are like... Presumably dying of COVID, mm. and we hadn't, you know, we hadn't got it yet. And what we, I still haven't had it as far as I no I'm knocking wood, but I was like, "This is, well, I do not want to be here." And the nurses are there; they were great. They were sympathetic. They were like, "We're sorry that you're having this pain," and they did an examination and they're like, "Oh yeah, it seems like that we, there could be there could be something wrong there." And I'm like, "Is it cancer?" And they're like, "Well, we need to we need to look." So they did some blood work. And they took me back to do an uh, MRI, and they shot Ooh. me full of the like blue fluid or whatever, I don't know whatever, uh-huh. to radioactive sugar to see what's happening. And then did the whole like that like MRI <laughs> thing, which I think is actually that's the best impression I've ever done. That's
0: uh, actually uh, I hope that uh, we'll have uh, Brent cut that and post, and then we're yeah. going to copyright that shit, and you're yeah. going to get no money for it. Oh. Uh-huh. So That's I right. did
1: that, and I sat in a like put me in a closet because they're out of room. They put literally put me in a storage closet to like keep me away from the people who had COVID. <sighs> and I, I can hear screaming and people like coughing, and it is awful. And the the doctor finally came, and this was probably at midnight at this point in mm-hmm. January, maybe of twenty twenty one. And he like looked at my blood work, and he looked at the MRI images, and he's like, "Well, I mean, I don't see that your appendix is." Bursts or anything? uh do, I mean, it do you think that maybe you're constipated? And I was like, no, I'm pooped. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, and no. I, just, I thought about it and I was like, oh my God, am I in the <laughs> ER during a pandemic because I'm constipated? <laughs> and so, like, he said, well, you know, you can go home. We don't see anything wrong. You should call your doctor tomorrow, though, and have her, like, you know, look at your blood work again. And, and so I went home. And and then I pooped the next day, and that then is. everything was fine. Yeah, so I don't know if that's normal. <laughs> uh,
0: so okay, so so okay, hold on, so hold on. Couple things, couple things. Yeah. <laughs> I want to give a quick shout out, real honest shout out to healthcare workers uh, in the pandemic because my, oh my God,
1: God, I felt so bad for them. They were like clearly done. They, I mean, it was awful. I felt really bad being there and especially stupid the next day where I'm like, oh, did I really go to the ER? Because
0: were you having that thought as you were pooping? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. The other thing I as want to say wiping, is, yeah, if anybody tells you that, hey, every American can get health because they can go to the ER, I would <laughs> look a bit sideways at them and question their motives for saying that.
2: Yeah. Thank you.
1: I mean, I was lucky that I did have insurance because the MRI is like oh yeah, I don't know four or five thousand dollars or something ridiculous like that.
0: Yeah, just moderately priced, like yeah. everything else in healthcare.
1: Yeah, so my my poop, my one poop, probably cost like five hundred dollars. My one
0: poop probably cost five hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so okay, I, I,
1: I, I, Woo. I, I really' I'm I really think, glad uh, that
0: that's the first time I've heard that story because that is funny uh, and yeah. but I look in in truth though, I don't um having been somebody who's worried that I've had everything known to man, i do not I don't mean to mock like the worry that you felt because I'm sure that oh, when yeah. you're feeling that worry is, is it is overwhelming, right um, and it but you know, anything with poop is kind of funny.
1: Well, we have a oh soon to be six year old and everything with poop is funny.
0: Oh, is is that his? Uh, is he does he got a a stand up like five minutes to stand up and it's all about poop?
1: We're working on it. Yeah, yeah, we good. Got him in leather bound notebook. He can keep notes in. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so
0: I do want to say this. Um, gosh, probably about twenty years ago now, I wrote a poem. Oh, buddy, a and poem, a poem, and. It was called Hypochondriac, and all the poem was was I listed all the shit that I thought I had. It was a very long poem, and the last two lines were, "I was right about the kidney stones. I'll be right again."
1: Yeah, fucking hard. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, the worry isn't. I mean, I feel stupid because I assume the worst all the time. But the the worry part of it, I don't feel that mad about because it's there's nothing you can do about it. You can't. I mean, we talked. We talked with our. Our kid all the time, when get here, can't control the way that you feel. And that sinks in a lot more as an adult, talking to a kid about that sort of thing. Because I realized like, oh, yeah, and you really can't. I'm in my 40s and I can't control the way that I feel. Me going to the ER, I can control that.
0: True. But in the but, moment, if you're all day and you really think you have an appendicitis or you're looking at the yeah. cancer flow chart, you yeah. know, the brain can get away from you.
1: Yeah, one of my posters is a cancer flowchart.
0: Yeah, I see that right behind you there. Although yeah. that is a fucking cool Fantastic Planet poster behind you. Uh, was, yeah.
1: It's a Fantastic Planet shirt on, actually. Oh. And I bought this shirt, uh-huh. and that I'll show you in the camera, and then no one listening will think it's interesting. But I bought this shirt, and then I was wearing it out to the grocery store once, and I realized.
0: Oh, so that <laughs> is an alien who doesn't have Metropolis. all her clothes on.
1: Well, she does. It's just that her memories are there's holes in her shirt, specifically for her.
0: Yes, right. uh, Pectoral muscles, Mm. memories and pectoral muscles. Okay. I
1: mean, I look. I'm not a doctor. I don't know if that's clear. So, don't judge me for saying the wrong. I don't know. You're a doctor of animation, aren't you? Uh, No, I'm a master.
0: You do have a master's. That's right. I do have a master's. How long have you been a teacher?
1: um i i I started in 19 uh no not in 19 2009 awesome yeah i started because i've been so I went, I went to school for animation and and then graduated and you know like anybody in the arts i struggled finding work but i ended up doing motion graphic design so commercial animation basically gotcha and i was doing that as a freelancer so i wasn't working anywhere full-time but i was permanent you know i've ever been full-time freelancer that was what i was doing like i and i was making enough money mm-hmm. but i but it's like it's stressful because you don't know when there's going to be a lull. uh or you just want to turn something down because the client is total shit so i got an offer or i found out about a teaching job at DePaul paul university somebody to teach 3d and I so I was like, well, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll, in, you know, it'd be a night class. I could do, and I applied and I got it. And I guess well, I think I started in fall two thousand nine.
0: Okay. Um, and oh, go ahead. So, so
1: I took one class, you know, one one night a week, uh huh, for a year, and then I started taking on more classes because I kind of liked it, and then eventually, i right after that, I also got a job teaching at the School
0: at of the Arts, Chicago as the SE. What did you like, like about just it? Just
1: reach virtue as the Art Institute, although it is not AI. To be clear, it is not.
0: No, it's not AI. AI is no. going to kill all of us.
1: No, it's not the AI Art Institute. This is this. I'm, I went went to and taught at the school, school of the Art Institute of Chicago, not AI, which is uh, I think it's a for profit school art institute are the Art Institutes. There's, there's some all over.
0: Wait, so the School of the Art Institute, is that connected to the Art Institute of Chicago?
1: Yeah, so okay. it's the, the school came first and then the museum and the school are, they're the same entity, but the, the museum came after the school.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. I guess I always assumed that the museum came first. What yeah, did you like about...
1: that, Kevin? It's
0: I know, okay. well, I, you know, what do I know? I do so know I the average amount of action in a baseball and football game according to the you wall street that, journal
1: which is more interesting
0: uh so <laughs> yes it is what do you like about teaching
1: uh well yeah I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm as a artist who is not going to make work that is going to give me enough money to live one thing one easy the reason i started teaching is because i wanted to make work i wanted to have time for work my mm-hmm. work and mm-hmm. not have to freelance so, so much. And so one thing that I like is that it allows me to have enough time that I can work on my stuff, but also make money. Uh, But more and more, I I like being in the community. In school, you're in the community. You went went to theater school, right? You you did theater in school? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. But you're in the community all the time. You're with people who are excited about the same stuff. Yeah, that's a very
0: good point. Yeah.
1: And that's great. You're with, the, you know, faculty that are exciting and show you new ideas and with people who love acting and theater. And I miss that part of school. So teaching also, that allows me to be in the community again and I'm on the, you know, the faculty side of it. So, but I still have like students surprised us all the time. They're excited about work. You talk about film, you show them something and they're like, oh my God, that film was amazing. And that feels nice. You're talking with your fellow faculty about work and seeing new stuff, uh, and that's great. Like that, that's fan, that's fantastic.
0: And so, and that's great. And you you said that you went to work. So, excuse me, you went to teach so that you could work more. And you have been uh, by your own. I mean, you have done a lot of animating in the last fifteen years.
1: Yeah, I. Uh, I so when, and when I started right before I started teaching in two thousand eight. I had been working on uh, an animated film, and you recorded it. It was the 2008, I think. So, Kevin is a voice uh, that we had. Well, Chris Markham has been a guest, I think. Um, oh, yes. And, the, mm-hmm. and some other people were voices, and, and we recorded all of the dialogue for this film that I was working on. And it was a long film. It ended up being 46 minutes, I think, mm-hmm. which is a, a terrible length for a film. But I was working on it for five years. And I was tired of not having anything finished. So uh, at some point, I decided that I wanted to teach full-time. Which meant that I needed a a master's degree. So I went to, I was teaching at DePaul and at SAIC. And DePaul, if you get your, if you go to school, if you're teaching there, uh, which I was as an adjunct then you get basically a third off of your tuition. So I decided to go there for grad school. Which was fun and weird because I was teaching students in one class and then a classmate of theirs in another. (laughs) So that was interesting.
0: Oh, that is interesting.
1: Uh, But when I started grad school, one of my goals was well, I want to fucking finish work. I need to get some films done because Mm -hmm. I'm tired. I, I liked working on the film that I was working on but I was tired of just like only doing the one thing. Can so, I ask you cool
0: uh, what's probably an annoying question? And I don't mean no. it to be. Um, I have of course seen that film. I, I went to, I don't know if it was the premiere, one of the screenings of it. Uh, and just for the record, the best line, and I'm going to mess it up is is this fresh bread or uh, I don't remember yeah. the full yeah, line. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it was a very detailed film and as somebody who obviously I've doodled and all that shit, but tell me about the painstaking process. This is the annoying question of, of animating something like that for five years.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, there's different techniques or mediums. I don't know. Uh, I kind of dripped between. So I'm, I'm doing that film was everything. All of the characters, and all of the stuff in the environment in the background it was, it was all drawn by hand on paper with pencil, and then scanned and then painted digitally, and then I mm. would cut all of the pieces out and animate everything in the computer. So it's it's digital cutout is specifically the style, and so the I don't know like the all of it is slow. Like the, the drawing stuff is sort of slow, but I'm also like a I'm I'm a, I'm not a great drafts person, so mm-hmm. I I I get a little bit um, lazy about some things. So some of the stuff I did kind of quickly, and then animated kind of quickly. Okay, But I like that. The, some of the stuff that took the longest was the technical side of it, getting things working in the software, trying to solve technical problems. But those are things that I sort of like, so I don't mind spending. You like that? I was just thinking yeah, how like terrible the, that a, sounds. I know. I it's trouble. It's like problem solving. It's it's a puzzle, right? I like that. Like finding what the answer is. Some people hate it. I'm one of those weirdos that sort of like. I liked computer programming. I liked. Yeah, I didn't want to be a computer science major, but mm. I like programming. I actually like it. It's okay. trouble. Problem solving. It's a mystery. It's a logic puzzle. I like um,
0: this thing. Throwback to earlier in the episode. Do you have one of those? dulcimer bass clarinets anywhere around or whatever the the <laughs> it's hell it's
1: called no I was it was the school's Is a $10,000 instrument holy shit yeah so no I and I I was just borrowing it from the school so I do a closet full <laughs> of other random to
0: I know I, you've oh, made oh what's that
1: oh it's a it's a recorder
0: oh god maybe that could record no don't put that down put it down now Thank you. So the film that that I did the voice, uh, I had a small yeah, yeah. part. Did the voice. Markham was the lead. Yeah. Um, another friend of ours was in it, uh, and that went to a festival. Now, how many films have you had? Let's. I just wanted you to say this because yeah. this impresses the hell out of me. How many films have you had that have gone to festivals?
1: Well, I think. Didn't I? I think I counted the other day. I think it was like twelve or something like that.
0: I forget. Yeah, that's insane. But yeah. when we were talking. I said something to the turn, uh, the effect of "Holy shit, Joel 12, and you downplayed that. Why did you downplay it?
1: Well, because so, like my my goal in grad school is to get as much done as possible, like finish films, and so I did. I finished a ton of. I I think I finished maybe four or five in grad school, which is uh, and they're not like super long films.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the longest one I think is eighteen, sixteen minutes, but they're. They're like My goal was to finish them. My goal wasn't to make the best film I possibly could, which I regret. I'm glad they're done. I'm glad that I made them, and there are things in all of them that I like, and all of them have screened in lots of festivals, but there, there are major flaws in every single one of them that I, I
0: just feel really shitty about. What, what do you mean? Like, what are the major flaws? Like, what are the major flaws?
1: Well, there... Are, I mean, one of, so that one of the things that I am not great at is writing. And it's... As an independent filmmaker, especially who is working in the medium of animation, you're stuck doing kind of like all the things, unless you have money. So mm-hmm. I most of these films, I did almost all of the stuff, with the exception of you know voices, or sometimes I'd have help with music, and I usually had help with sound, but otherwise the character designs, the stories, the the backgrounds, all of this stuff, all the animation, it's it's basically all me. And the thing that I the we le- I think that I'm the least good at is the stuff that you can do first, which is writing and making sure that the story is good and the, that the themes are interesting and powerful and a lot of times i get impatient and just want to start animating we're doing the fun stuff
0: so does that like cut cut loose the the draft for lack of a better term the draft process
1: yeah so the sometimes there's a script and sometimes it's not there's if there's not really talking there's no script necessarily it's just like an outline a description of all the, you know, the main story meets or the things that happen. Mm-hmm. And I'll we'll do storyboards, which is you just draw really shitty thumbnail drawings of all of the things that happen. And you sort of look at them all together and see, is it work, Is it a film? Is it working? Does it make sense? Are there things missing? And I sort of do a really rough pass on that. When in reality, I should spend a lot more time making sure that the story is right and that the themes are unique and consistent. And that the payoff at the end ties it all together. And sometimes it does for my films. And sometimes it's like, ah, I don't know if that made sense. Or this section is way too long. And this other section, no one understands what's happening. Do so people that's... say
0: that to you? Or is that your yeah. own internal thought of it?
1: Well, some of both. But I mean, I know that like, so where, where floods the film that you did the voice for? It, t- it took me eight years in total to do. And I worked on other films in between there. Mm-hmm. So, all straight, if I worked on it straight through, it wouldn't have taken eight years. But there were other things. I mean, I got married, I had a kid. So, all that stuff was in there. But that took eight years. And that's like the the animation style. The, I like how it looks. I like the the lighting and the the feel of the world. Uh, I, d- I mean, it's got a nice pencil texture feel. Mm-hmm. But some of the animation is the people. Real animators, I'll say, with quotes, I'm doing trigger quotes, don't really like digital cutout animation. They feel like it's a little bit of a cheat. Okay. Because it's not, I'm not drawing every frame. I'm drawing the characters, cutting out those drawings, and then moving the parts a little bit by little bit. And it has that feel to it. It feels like a cutout, dry, you know, it feels like it's done in a computer. And I kind of like, I don't know that I could have finished it if I'd done it any other. I did it that way because i could do it because i knew how to do it and it's fast enough that i as one person basically could animate 46 minutes of a film without taking 30 years and i i like i wish that it wasn't that but i don't there's nothing I can do about it
0: what were your expectations of the of the film once you complete or as you're doing it and then you complete yeah. it like what did you think was going to happen
1: Well, that thing was a little different just because it took so long to do. When I started, I mean, I had, I got, let's say, eight minutes finished really quickly right at the start Mm -hmm. because I was still, you know, I had tons of energy. And when I was working on that, I thought, oh my God, this looks amazing. It's going to be like, people are going to notice it for the Oscars. I Obviously, that's what I thought. Yeah, sure. I was very young, but I just assumed like- I don't think that's uh,
0: a bad thing to think.
1: No, but I mean, that's ridiculous. And the more I worked on it, that film, the more I realized it's definitely not that.
0: Now, was that a hard thing to, your perception of it when you, quote, realized it definitely was not that? Was that a hard thing to accept?
1: I mean, I, there were, yeah, I mean, after the, after I did a pass on it, I spent probably six months trying to fix the worst stuff that I could, the worst animation. I tried to fix major story issues. And I, it was sort of a depressing time. I don't mind that part of the process. Like I, I don't mind trying to make the film better and spending, I mean, I worked on it for almost eight years. What's another few months to try and make it better. And, but why? but was a sub- upsetting time because I knew it was not going to be it wasn't going to get into like, it wasn't going to be like a Sundance film or, Gork- right. or anything like that. And yeah, it's upsetting because he spent so long on something only to realize like this thing that I thought was going to be really good that I did. It's not, I'm not as I want I wish that the writing is better. I wish that the animation was better. I wish that I had used a different technique and he got into some big festivals. They kept went to, to Zagreb Zagreb uh, animation festival, which is one of the biggest animation festivals in the world. And I was there. I mean, I went, and I met the, the one of the co-directors of the festival. And I was like, "Why? Why is my film here? Because there other the other fe- it was there as a feature film, which is ridiculous because it's only forty six minutes long. Right? Feature films are normally like sixty minutes or more. And I said, like, "Why is this film here? Because it's against like films that won, you know, which you can and Sundance and won major awards in the world. What is this?" okay, the weird little ended at an American animation doing in this prestigious European festival. And he was like, it's clearly a labor of love, and we really appreciated that. And so that helped. Like That made me think, well, okay, the effort that I'm putting into the work is important. People are noticing that. And Joe, and it's a backhanded compliment, like, yeah, it's a labor of love, even though it's not that great. But at least I could, I, so I thought, well, okay, the time that I'm putting into it, like that, that helps. And all the films I did in grad school, like I got a reputation for making a lot of work because that was my goal was to make a lot of work. Uh-huh. And people, and when people introduced me, they saw "Oh, this Joel, he's a great filmmaker. He's so prolific. And so that's like my reputation is that I work quickly, that I'm, that I'm prolific. I make a lot of work.
0: Did they ever did they ever refer to you as the Joyce Carol Oates of animation?
1: I just listened to uh, I forget his name so, uh her story zombie.
0: Oh, uh, that's a good book. Uh that's based on Dahmer.
1: I have heard I only heard the short story. I haven't read the book.
0: Oh, okay. Anyway, so No.
1: People do not. They don't. Damn it. No
0: well that's a cool thing to be prolific but you don't you don't like that or like no i like that and feel like that's the thing that i'm going for me is that i make a lot of work
1: and so i feel like oh i need to i need to hurry and that's that's the thing that i need to like slow down a little bit and make sure that the films are good not just done it's it's a a problem because animation is so fucking slow and i you know, I've had a little bit of money every once in a while to hire some help. I had a animate couple of animators who helped with Word floods. They did a little bit of animation, mm-hmm. but mostly it's me and it's slow. So I like I need I want to get it done. I I can't spend ten years on every film. It's not possible. So I cut a lot of corners and story and animation style, and it's starting to like weigh on me because I'm not I'm getting they're getting at the festivals. They're you know they're successful, but they're like you know a lot of them are storefront festivals. Essentially, it's like. Joe Bob and his international animation festival, which is like not, <laughs> no one's heard of it. Like is that no, like the, uh, clean, an international
0: like, airport at a very small yeah, town well, right yeah, outside of Canada?
1: At the library, the basement of the library. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so which is fine. I'm had, I love getting into them and sometimes going to those festivals is really rewarding because people are excited about it, but they're like, I, that's not what I want. What do you want? I want to like I want there's people that I work with, and then I'm friends with who are filmmakers and writers, and some of them are mutual friends of ours mm-hmm. or or fucking good, and then like go to major film festivals and are on juries and their films and their writing is phenomenal i want I want them to see something that I've made and say holy shit, Joel, that is amazing. Not, holy shit, Joel, you finished another film? <laughs> Which is usually the response I get, like, oh my god, what are you working on now? You got, like, five films done? Ha <laughs>
0: Well, wait a minute, so do you think it's possible to have a film where you feel proud of without people saying those things to you?
1: Saying, oh, like, to get the praise? I don't, I mean, it's not, I'm not doing it for, I'm doing it because I have the self, I'm doing it for me because I'm compelled to, because I'm obsessive as fuck, but but really that like i'm not i'm not doing it for because i warner i'm doing it because i want that i want that i want the respect of the people that i respect i so, want the, like i've met some uh i want i won't name drop because it won't mean anything to non animators but i met some like major animators when i went to uh zagreb and when i went to um, was it was Brussels. it don bluth no but okay for you thank you uh and i want to meet them again and then to say, Oh, yeah, I saw your film. Only Chit. That's really good. Whereas I was like, I was embarrassed. I met uh, this animator, Michael with, and I like, is amazing. And I was, and I, we share, we were staying in the same hotel, and I walked back to the hotel and I chatted with him for a while, and he's like, Oh, what's, what's your film? And I was like, I don't even want to tell you. I was embarrassed. Cause it's like, and I, like, there's an, cause it's not that, it's not that great there's a, a critic who lives in Europe that she, everybody knows who she is. Uh-huh. I, and I became friends with her in Brussels. And she's, she, when, when I was leaving, she was like, Joel, please send me your film. Like, I want to write about it. And that would be amazing to have her write about my film. And I, I sent her my film. And I was like, I don't know, Nancy. I don't, I don't really think that you're going to like it. And she wrote back and she's like, you're right. Uh, I didn't watch it at all. The music is great, but the animation isn't very good. I'm sorry. She wouldn't write about it. And I was like, I mean, I would have felt devastated, but I sort of knew that that was going to be the response. So I was prepared for that. Well, wait a
0: minute. Wait a minute. I I have to ask something. She didn't watch it all. She couldn't watch 46 minutes of it.
1: Not her thing. She wasn't going to waste her time. Like, I I knew that she wasn't going to like it. Like, I didn't even want to send it to her. I was happy to be, like, I I was happy to chat with her and and be and, but I want to have a film that I can send her and say hey Nancy this is something that I think that you're going to like and have her finish watching me
0: do, do you as you're making these films you share it with colleagues yeah and what, what's the feedback that you're getting is it just oh look at prolific Joel or like do they, do not, they finish the films I mean like what yeah. kind of what's the what's the, uh, the situation there
1: sometimes they finish the films one of the problems with Vimeo is that when you upload you can see the statistics on who watches it, right? Like you can't see their name. Like you don't see, oh, Jim watched your phone, but you see the geolocation. So you you can guess. And you can see how many minutes they watched. And you can actually see the stacks for what part of the film people watch. There's like it tells you like where they wa- who's watched the first five minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'll send it to colleagues, and then I'll get a little painted email because they're usually, that because it's how it's set up. And I look and I see, oh yeah, they just they didn't watch it all, and that happens a lot. But I no, wh- I mean, people say that I'm technically proficient, like I'm good at the technical stuff. I'm good at 3D modeling and making things look in 3D, and I'm I'm a good animator. I think so. People will comment on those things. But you, people don't be supportive. they would to be positive, so rarely do people say, "Holy cow, this is total shit. You should whip on it
0: that what about constructive criticism?
1: Yeah, I'm in a like well, well I'm in a writer's group you were mm-hmm. we were in a writer's group a while, and we like I think that's really good. we give good feedback there. I don't feel writing is different because yeah, I'm not as attached to it. I'm very aware that I'm learning how to be a better writer, yeah so. Like that, the cr- critical feedback in that group is good. Although sometimes I leave and I want to cry and never be in that group again. You and I, and I well. You feel like that group. Did you feel like you, like I, I, I feel like you were hesitant to come back and I wasn't sure if it has, was because you were nervous about it or.
0: No, it, it wasn't that. It was, um, I can't remember when I, I, well, I moved out of Chicago. Yeah. That's the big thing. Um, yeah. but. You and I shared the same sentiment. We both thought we were the worst writer in the group. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you, buddy, I was worse than you.
1: No, no, no. I don't know,
0: Kevin. I remember some of your stuff. It's pretty good. And I, you know, but it's cool that I might be remembering this wrong. You, it was your idea to start the group. Is that right? Or am I making that up?
1: Yeah, I felt like it, when I finished grad school, I wanted to keep the critique thing going. I wanted to still have, right. and I did really want to be a better writer. I want to be a better writer. And so I reached out to another friend of ours, Kevin, different Kevin, mm-hmm. and said, well, what do you think we, do you think we could start a writer's group? And we emailed around and got, uh, I don't know what, six, seven people at the time
0: yeah and, and it was it was pretty like it wasn't like oh, only two people would show up i mean more often than not most if not all the people were there at each yeah. session.
1: I think there's eight eight of us now we meet maybe every six to eight weeks is mm-hmm. when we get our schedules to line up and it's great like it's a, I mean we're all friends now, of course, and most of be most of we were friends before, but it's it's really positive feedback but also very critical so that's good it's great to have that kind of like group and people to bounce ideas off of uh but with film i was in a critique group with film anima- there, uh, animation we we're all animators and it's good i think that the hard thing about getting feedback for animation while you're working on it is that it's so slow yeah that it's like so- sometimes feedback isn't that useful while you're working on it because it's not you can't change it yeah, like somebody says, oh, the story is totally messed up. You can't, I mean, you have to start. So you didn't good to get feedback in the writing phase. Yeah, in the makes sense. Production phase so that you can. And that's why people, Pixar, they spend years working on writing and storyboards and making sure the film is going to work before they start animating it.
0: Real fast. What do you think um, is t- in your opinion, okay, is the best Pixar film? Uh, well, I like is it the Cars first Three. Half of Wally, the first half of Wally.
1: Yeah. What well, about the second me. half? That's okay. All
0: right. It turns what? into
1: like action movie, which is fine.
0: What about Cars Three?
1: I don't think I ever saw.
0: I didn't either. I don't think I've seen any of the Cars movies.
1: <laughs> uh we just watched the uh, my six five almost soon to be six year old his birthday's Friday. That's why I make the. Ah, His age takes happy early birthday. Yeah. Uh,
0: so. We watched the first Cars movie with him because he wanted to watch it. And you referred to, so like you talk about your son and you talk about the conversations you and your wife have had with him about worrying and emotion and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you referred to animation in terms of uh, using the word like obsession. You're obsessed with it or, you know, work. So do you feel that you know, and we're talking to you, you're in your home office there with cool posters, the really cool bookshelf you built, all that good stuff. Do you feel like it takes you away from your family too much or a, a lot? Maybe not too much.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I mean, a lot. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, it's like, that's the thing that I'm obsessed of, about. For so, sure. I mean, it's, I'm aware of that too. And does that eat at you? Well, sure it does. I mean, I'm, I mean, this I think one of the things that you and I have in common I think is that we feel guilty about basically everything, right?
0: Yeah, that's I felt what, real guilty about that time I took in a breath just a moment ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, wrong? yeah.
0: Like, no, yeah, right? we, yeah. yeah.
1: So I mean, I I think, and no matter how much time I spend working on my work, I probably feel guilty about. But I'm, I mean, that's the thing that I, I, I mean, I, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a crazy obsessed artist, but I. I wouldn't do it if I didn't like it. So part of it's like, sometimes it's fun. Yeah. I, this, I do it for fun. And I'm like, I can't, I crave it. I need it. But it's also like this need for, uh, I don't want to say recognition, but like for, I don't know, appraisal. I don't know. I, I like need. Affirmation. Affirmation. That's it. I need that. And, I, and everybody's telling me I'm so prolific. So i feel like I need to be prolific because that's the thing that I'm best at is being prolific. And also, I just got—I mean, I just got a full-time teaching position starting last year. And as of this fall, it'll be tenure track, which means that I have to go up to get tenure. Tenure mm-hmm. is being fired, so I have to make work. I—I need to do that. And I'm lucky enough that my—my my wife Katie, she's an artist. She's a potter. She's does ceramics. Mm-hmm. So she gets, like, she gets that part of it. She gets the need to—to to make work and be creative. And I think is way more forgiving of the amount of time that I spend. like away from my family than uh, somebody else might be because she does understand it. But it's uh, yeah, it's I I'm I'm in my office a lot working, and it's I feel guilty about it. Do you talk with
0: Katie about it?
1: Yeah, um, we've talked about it. I mean, I'm a little, I'm like a little afraid to know. Exactly how she feels because then I'm afraid that she'll say, Oh yeah, I can't stand it that you're in your office that much. So like Arden is worried to really sit down and say, What's 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 the situation here? Well, but I think like I said, because she's an artist, I think that she I don't get the impression that like my marriage is at risk for well, well, for Jesus, how much I'm that's like, good. obsessed with working but I, I have no doubt that she would say, "Yeah, I wish that you didn't want to work as much as you do
0: what what though what what happens say if um on the weekends and you are going to spend some more time outside of your office like ha- does that affect your behavior if you're away from the work for a while?
1: I get I get antsy. I get my dad is like this too. He's like, we talk a lot about vacation, like if we got a ton. I, I have a hard time. I, I'm I'm always like uh, I should be working. I should be in my office. I should be. This is time w- away from finishing this thing that I have to finish. Right. on a deadline, or because it's like I'm obsessed, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, even, I mean, the weekends we have kind of a schedule where I, c- I still can come out to the office because of uh like her her family likes to come and visit Cooper and he goes to. Grandparents on Sundays for lunch, so I've got time on the weekends that I still can come out and get stuff done. But for sure, I'm like, well, when you say you get antsy, what do you do? uh if it's really bad, I, I can like I I'll realize that I'm like pacing around the house, like looking out the window, <laughs> and it's not. I mean, I try not to. Uh, I try and just like sit and be in the moment. But if it's really bad, then like so there's times when Katie has said you just go outside
0: go outside like yeah, it's too look, 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 much because
1: my my office is at, it's in the garage um uh,
0: oh, so everybody... i get it now i thought you meant just go outside and jump rope or something yeah no, <laughs> no.
1: that yeah it makes more sense she, she i should just say sometimes katie just says go to your office there you can edit that part yeah that makes more sense
0: oh i don't know i think it's kind of funny the jump rope thing yeah uh yeah. thank you very much as oh, i compliment no. my own joke yeah, that's right. Okay, so I want to close with something here. Um, you know, you've talked a little bit about your family. You've talked about your wife. You've talked about your son, who's going to turn six as of this recording, two days from this recording, which is really cool. Um, so, tell me, did you did you have trouble um, conceiving a child?
1: Oh yeah. Um. I mean, my Katie's older. Um trying to, now I'm sitting here trying to decide if she's, hopefully she just won't listen to this. She just turned 50. Uh, so she's eight years older than I am. Mm-hmm. And we, we were trying to get pregnant. She was uh geriatric.
0: It was, you know, it was geriatric. Pregnancy. I hate that phrase, man.
1: That's amazing. Like, it,
0: well, it's like 35 and above, I believe, yeah. right? That, can they get yeah. another word?
1: Yeah, so she was, I mean, I think, I don't remember when we started, but we, like we, the first week, Literally, the first time that we tried, she got pregnant. That literally, the first time that we, you know, stopped using birth control, uh, she got pregnant. Um, and she, I don't think it lasted three months, oh. and she scared. I'm and sorry. It was awful. I mean, it was. It was. I was te- the, the night that it happened. I was teaching. And I was in a night class, and I knew that it was happening. Cause she had sent me a text and was like, this is happening. And you don't like, they don't, you don't need to go to the hospital for the most part. Like she was at home by herself in the bathtub and it was, I mean, it was terrible. And, uh, I mean, I, it was awful and I felt terrible. And I was distracted the whole time, like teaching. And she's like, don't come home. It's fine. You can't do anything. Just finish your class. And so that was, that was terrible. That, uh, and mm. that that happened i i can't remember it happened one or two more times um and then we tried birth control or not birth control uh birth uh, fertility there we go we tried fertility t- treatments it's really expensive fertility treatment and nothing would like stick she had no fun getting pregnant uh because she like she was healthy and and my my little gentlemen were excited to you're weird to go.
0: Do they have bow ties on they're gentlemen? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay.
1: Uh, But yeah, we, I mean, we, it was, it was terrible. It was really stressful. We talked with a lot of our friends who were like, oh yeah, we had that happen multiple times, it, especially as, you know, ever, mothers are getting older on average than they used to be. I mean, fewer people I think are having kids in their like teens and 20s. And so that's part of it. That was the myth. That was the biggest thing. And so we gave up. We actually just assumed that it wasn't going to work. Uh, and we put an offer on a house. And then the following week, she was pregnant again. And uh, and it stuck.
0: That's awesome, man. I, it, it is really good to hear that. And I know very little about this, but I, I do speak with a lot of friends. And it is sad how common it seems uh, that miscarriages are.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, and we talked, I mean, I even talked to my mom after, and she said, it, it happened to her, which I mean, why would I know that? Why would I ask that? First of all, uh-huh. unless I had experience with it, but I, we just, basically everybody that we know had, well, not everybody, some people lucked out, but most of the people that we know who were parents had that experience. And we we hear all the time, "Oh well, yeah, we tried, we gave up. And then, and then they got, pregnant and then happened and a stay.
0: Is there st- now again, this is pure speculation on my part. Do do people say there's something to be said for when you stop for lack of a better term, stressing about right. that that actually does some good for the actual conception of the child?
1: I mean, I think that's what the general consensus is 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 a lot of it is distress. And then whatever that does to the body. And then you just stop doing that. Well,
0: I, I mean, I'm really happy for both of you. I know you both really um, <clears throat> wanted a child, and now you got a little six year old who who hasn't seen Cars Three yet. But prob- uh, I think he has. Oh, okay. But probably knows movie? who Don Bluth is. I hope. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, my last question for you, Joel, before we wrap up: uh, Have you pooped today?
1: Uh, I I did a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Hoping it happens a little bit more. I, you know, I had some, I had some, some exciting, exciting poops the other
0: day. Since okay, I asked, have to ask, what's an exciting poop?
1: Uh, no, you don't have th- to answer that. That this is not a visual or an olfactory medium.
0: Oh well, it was, it's an olfactory if you're in the room with Brent.
1: It sounded like uh, uh, a a horse peeing. <laughs> <laughs> for I don't know. A couple minutes. <laughs> okay. Oh,
0: boy. Okay. Did so you leave that in? Not. Oh, I, we're leaving that in, buddy. And <laughs> we're gonna end on that, but before we go. I'll share that Before we <laughs> before we go, is there anything else that you wanted to share um that maybe you weren't able to share during our conversation that maybe we missed? Anything at all?
1: Uh uh, I mean, I I did i say anything that made any sense.
0: Just the horse peeing thing, really. Okay,
1: good.
0: Uh, the no, rest of it, it was all gobbledygook to me. I no, I'm just kidding. No, it. of course you did. Of course you did. I mean, you as an artist talked a lot about, and we didn't use the words. I don't think that I recall. You talked a lot about self doubt, but you talked a lot uh, about something that is also extremely important in art, which is persistence. And um, look, I'm no animation critic. My name's not Nancy, but I think you do good work. And Now, I haven't seen a lot of it, right? But I have seen some. And I think you do good work. And I I commend that you continue to work hard at what you love. And that is not – some days I'm sure that that is not easy. But I I give you a a huge uh, thumbs up to that because I I, I just think it's really fucking cool that you do that and that you teach it. And um, I think you – yeah. So there the
1: one thing that if this if you're going to be an artist, like you, ha- you kind of have to be. It's cliche, right? Like you have to be sort of obsessed. Like you have to love it. Otherwise, it's not. You're not going to be able to work hard enough to get to the place where you're going to be successful. You, you can. You have to love it.
0: Yeah, if that's why.
1: Okay that's, with it. <laughs> so
0: yeah, it's. Yeah, that's that's why I decided to have obsessive compulsive disorder yep. was for my art. That's not true. I didn't decide no. it. Um, no. All right. Well, Joel, thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought about the horse pee again. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for coming on, man, oh, and God, uh, really appreciate it. Um, Thanks,
1: me Yeah, it was fun. No, yeah, I was man. Worried.
0: I had a good time. Uh, and thanks for sharing some, some difficult things to share. And, um, you know, I'll end the episode the same way I usually do, which is to say that, um, you know, there is always room for kindness and grace, uh, even with yourself. I forget it every single day, but I try to remember it, that there is always room for kindness and grace. And we will see you next time on Sad Times.